I'm Liz Spencer and welcome to Business Connection, introducing you to the names and faces of Naperville area entrepreneurs and business owners. Today we welcome creative family memories as well as Dietta's Bakery, but first we're sitting down with Dutchman Heating and Cooling, all here on Business Connection. Watching Business Connection and joining me now representing Dutchman Heating and Cooling is Mike Baker. Welcome to the show, Mike. It's nice to see you again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, we, it. we always like to get caught up with you. So there's lots of choices today. What is the Dutchman difference? Oh, uh, the Dutchman difference. I always uh, start off with the people. Mm -hmm. um, we've been very blessed to have the right people come to us. And uh, when I interview, one of the first things I'm looking for is just attitude or concern. People have to care. I can't teach them to care. Uh, if they come a little short on knowledge in one area or another, we certainly can get them trained up, whether mm -hmm. it be through uh, the people that on staff already or whether it be going to specific classes. Uh, but I can't teach them to care. So if they show up on time and they have a good uh, general disposition, and they're honest, uh, then they're probably going to be a right fit for us, at least eventually. Um, and uh, we love to train from within. Mm -hmm. So we'll take people that are uh, maybe not experts in our, our industry, but they'll do ride-alongs where they kind of learn from the experts and uh, gradually through that and cl specific classes that we'll send them to can learn how to do it the Dutchman way, which I would say is uh, something that we believe reflects something much different than the average HVAC company, especially when it comes to proper diagnostics and uh, high-end installations that uh, can make a, a big difference on the result of the installation of new equipment. Well, and I think people are important. It's a big purchase. Yeah. It's something that, you know, whether we're brat buying brand new, but it happens maybe every 15 years. So what? It, um, so it's important to have well-trained people. And, and much like we like to do here at NCTV, we like to train from within too. We like to recognize somebody that has that, that can do attitude yeah. and loves what we're doing and then promote. So we appreciate that. What are some secrets to success that you have? You've been around for, you know, a while in the Naperville area, so you've been very successful and very generous. Well, um, this community has been very generous back to us, and uh, that's uh, I'm uh, taken back by how wonderful this community has treated us. Early on, when I couldn't afford much in advertising, I decided I was going to advertise with uh, some local charitable type organizations with the idea that at least if my money wasn't spent well in turnover for customers, at least it was going toward an organization that we love to support. So we started off with uh, placemats for the Boy Scouts and continued to still do stuff like that. Uh, the library, actually, NCTV 17, I was gonna say, has yeah. been very helpful to us as well. People are like, I see you on TV, and it's kind of a unique thing to hear. Uh, I never thought when I was growing up that I'd be on TV. There you go. Well, it's, it's kind of fun to say, hey, I saw you on TV. So, well, we appreciate your continuing support because this is one way we support ourselves is by introducing great businesses like yours to the community. So I know Dutchman has been um, recognized in the industry. Tell me a little bit about all the awards that you've received. Um, well, I think one of the ones that I'm most uh, proud of is there's a, a Better Business Bureau uh, award mm -hmm. for um, 
honesty and, and integrity and uh, uh, ethics in business. Um, our category is employees of 10 to 49 across all industries throughout the Chicagoland area. So when you think of the tens of thousands of businesses in that size, to win that award was quite an honor for us. Um, but uh, through our manufacturer, we've won dealer of the year uh, for the Chicagoland area. We've uh, continually won uh, what they call a, uh, a distinguished dealer every year um, and uh, another one for excellence in, in, in our industry as well. Um, but then uh, we've won awards through Angie's List back in the mm -hmm. day. Um, and just next door neighbor being one of the more referred businesses in several neighborhoods. So uh, I think in the last one was seven neighborhoods that we were the most referred business. That's awesome. Well, and it says a lot when you're recognized that way. So congratulations. Um, how are replacement systems different from one company to another when we're, when we're thinking about, oh my gosh, I have to get a new HVAC. I need to do something. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, uh, everybody knows that you're, you're trying to uh, do some investigation before you buy a, a, a car or uh, a service. In this, uh, in this industry, often I do have people that tend to get a little confused thinking they're buying just a piece of equipment. And they think if they get three bids shopping the same model number of furnace or air conditioner, they've gotten apples to apples bids. Um, I learned early on in the industry that the rule of thumb for our industry, unfortunately, was not going through all the technical data and making sure every step of the install where there's th hundreds if not thousands of decisions that need to be made are always up to the highest level uh, or the engineer standards. Uh, by cutting corners here and there, it doesn't seem like a big deal when you're doing it, nor does it seem like a big deal after the result of the install. But if you go back and do some testing, you find out it's not quite as efficient as it was supposed to be. It's not quite delivering the amount of heat or air conditioning it was supposed to be. It's not getting the comfort all throughout the house the way it was supposed to be. Those little cost uh, cutting things can add up over the course of an install and maybe it saves you $1,000 from one company to another or even more. But if it's not being installed that same way, it doesn't last as long and you see more frequent breakdowns. It costs you more to run it per hour and it costs you more hours per day to run it to get you what is still shortcoming in comfort. So um, we pay attention to those details and make sure that our guys are fully trained. Um, we do about 70 hours a year training um, to continually get guys up to speed with the next thing coming, mm -hmm. uh, but also to be more proficient and learn anything that they might have been taught before, but uh, a finer detail. That's awesome, because I, I think we don't often think about the install or the service that comes with buying that very large piece of equipment. It's just kind of looking at the sticker shock, but not doing the the details. Yeah, the, the, I would say in our industry, when, you, when you're getting a system installed, half of the cost is probably the cost of the equipment. The rest, it goes towards the materials, the labor, the operations for training, proper insurance, exactly. those types of things. Absolutely. So um, as we wrap up, how can a homeowner save the most money with their HVAC system? What are a few tips to get in the best? Um, the best way is just proper maintenance. Um, back in the day, starting off in literally the 70s and 80s, uh, when uh, we used to think that you're only trying to avoid a breakdown and much more simplistic systems back then. And we felt like you could skip your annual cleaning checks. And that's what we advised our customers to do.
um, with the evolution or the changes of mm -hmm. the systems being much more electronic, higher efficient, more um, or tighter tolerances and better safeties in place, we found that if you don't do the annual cleanings, the, the, the breakdowns are much more likely to happen, but uh, also that they run more efficiently. Um, we've got, done run some internal statistics in our business and found that in a first quarter of a year, for example, 80% of our service calls for breakdowns were not people on our maintenance agreement. <laughs> in other words, they weren't doing the maintenance, or if they were, they just weren't doing it maybe on a routine. So that's a really high number. Uh, I, I believe it was 87%. And then you start looking at, wow, that maintenance program for us is not just a commitment to do the cleanings, but we also give you a huge discount on those cleanings. And if you do end up with a breakdown, you also get an additional discount on any service calls or repairs. So for us, I think that's the number one thing. But things that homeowners can do on themselves, uh, on their own, is make sure you have been told what your filtration system is and how frequently it needs to be maintained because lack of airflow is one of the more frequent contributors to lack of efficiency, lack of comfort, and, and breakdowns. Well, those are good tips. And, it, you know, it's just maintenance and having that discipline and, and knowing a guy like you makes it all better. So thank you, Mike. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for what you do for the community and, and for all of our home comfort. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Good to see you. If you're interested in learning more about Dutchman Heating and Cooling, please visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming back with more Business Connection. just tuning in, you're watching Business Connection, and I'm your host, Liz Spencer. Joining me now from Creative Family Memories is Michael Rattay. He's the head brain. I love that, head brain creative. So tell me a little bit, what is Creative Family Memories? Uh, the goal is to capture every family's story. So while you may have heard the same story over and over mm -hmm. again at family reunions, family parties, um, those stories are interesting, and once they're gone, then you have no one to share, uh, no one to really tell them. So my goal is to hopefully capture those while they're still around mm -hmm. um, and then have them for you to be able to cherish as long as you can. It, it, why did you focus on families? How did you get this started? So I think one of the most traumatic events for people is when they lose a parent. Mm -hmm. And I will second that by saying, I think the second most traumatic event is when your child is born early and then you have to watch them in the hospital and they're just born, but you're still not able to hug them and pick them up and you just sort of have to see them under these little blue lights. Mm -hmm. And so something like that happens, that's when my, uh, basically my life flashed before my eyes and I sort of saw a new purpose from being in the corporate world to focusing on something that I truly enjoyed and something that I could actually build and maybe hand off to my kids, but also just have it to do inspired by them. 
And so literally with that hospital visit, um, it was, he spent 10 days in the NICU. And before I went back to work, I just knew it was like three days. I spent 10 days in the hospital. He still wasn't home. And I knew three days later, my paternity leave was over with and I was going to have to go back to work. And I was like, there is no way I'm going to be able to go back. And so that's kind of what started my journey as to just focusing on the things I really loved and wanted to try and put those first. And I figured using those values will help everything else sort of fall in place. I, I totally agree with you. I think everybody has a story and I think we often fail to capture it and fail to tell it. So when you're working with a family, how does the process go? How long does it take? How do you identify what stories to tell? A lot of it is way longer than you would assume. Um, and it's mostly just getting to know the person. Mm -hmm. So whether it's showing them the photos and then they start telling you about family members, different stories that occur, um, or uh, a lot of it is really just getting to know them, sure. right? And mm -hmm. then through that, you really see like the stories that are important to them, what things actually matter to them. And then from that, you can sort of gauge um, what you want on camera. So whether that's to correlate, typically it's gonna correlate with a lot of the photos that you're scanning and digitizing and some of the videos that you're gonna digitize. Um, and so that is how you sort of figure out what makes the most sense. It's clearly not like a cookie cutter thing for every family. Mm -hmm. You obviously meet the husband or wife, you know, years ago, and then they had their, bought their house, bought their kids. That's pretty basic, but there's a lot of intricacies in that. And so finding what's interesting about the family through all that is, I think, my job. Right. And, and does that include oral histories where you put them, you know, grandfather or father, um, and you interview them so you get them to talk and you actually get that on tape for them? Yes. Yeah. The, the main goal is to get the, the main patriarch or, or matriarch of the family, get them both sitting down to, to literally share their stories. But through that initial conversations too, and, and getting to know them is to also understand what to ask. Because mm -hmm. um, half of it, you know, if you, if you go... If you yep. go into filming without a real story, like it can meander and maybe you miss a lot of the points that you wanted to, to really get across. And so that way, um, getting to know people a little better um, and then knowing specifically what questions to ask, then you can help guide them into an actual cohesive story. Right. Well, and I think an outside person like yourself coming in there can help shape that story a little bit, too, which I think is where your expertise right. comes in. Um, do you do you go to the home or do they come to a studio? No, typically it's in location, so at the person's house. Okay, um, nice. I think people, I mean, they kind of feel more comfortable in their house. Mm -hmm. I think uh, some people are apprehensive because oh, then I got to clean, I got to have it perfectly spotless. Mm -hmm. But it's also that moment in time. And I think if the kids are younger and they're doing this, then when they're older, this will help trigger additional memories for the kids. But yeah, in, in home is really where where it happens. Is it just um, the older people that you're interviewing or, or what types of stories, I mean, do you always focus on? Is it, can you focus on something more current? Do you go to a family reunion? Yeah. In all of it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, is, is the easy answer. Um, it's really, um, you know, I was originally thinking that the grandparents um, are, I don't want to say the easiest because they have the most stories to tell, but then you know, a lot of the stories that are important now when you're younger, you may lose as you're older. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like 
they're all sort of relevant. And so I think people, what's nice about this, it's sort of like, um, so I also do family portraits and family photos. And so it's like when someone sees the time, the time to capture the, you know, the kids mm -hmm. in that moment, that's also might be the time to capture some of these stories. And it's, uh, you know, you lose it, you don't lose it, who knows, but like, if these things are important now, you can get them down and mm -hmm. then you have them. And if you find that in five or 10 years, things have totally changed, then sure, we tell new stories. <laughs> right, well, because I would think that that would be an advantage of, of, of you is where you're, you take a family photo and every time you take a family photo, you capture a story. So you are kind of, you're growing old with this family or right. families as you capture that. So by, at the end, they have built a legacy of photos and stories. Right. And sometimes they're decent. We know sometimes we take good photos with our, you know, with our phone. I think that's what's the remarkable thing about this technology in our pocket. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I went to film school, it was we first started editing with reel-to-reel -reel stuff, yeah, so right. it was like taping stuff. So it was now the fact that you can literally edit on an app and then post it immediately is is amazing. But there's still an aspect to storytelling versus just like using great technology. And mm -hmm. so you capture it, you get really good quality. We don't have to worry about digitizing it, but putting it into a cohesive story for people to cherish for years or what have you, like that's, I think, where the magic is. What do you have coming up that we should know about? Um, I'm trying to find older couples, people that have been married anywhere from 10 to 20-ish years that have gone through a wave with their marriage. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I, sh I really want to tell like a marriage documentary, mm -hmm. like a longer story with maybe five to six different couples. I have an ask where I'm sort of looking for people that might be interested to tell that kind of story, um, to be a part of that. Um, and then as well, I'm, I'm now that it's nicer out, I'm going to be looking to have some mini photo sessions at some of the, the forest preserves. So there's a, a specific link that I'm including with my write-up here that if people want to try and sign up, then that's give me awesome. your email and then we'll do a photo shoot. That's great. Well, and that's where it kind of all starts when you get to meet them and get talking about it and introduce that idea. I think that's part of the key is for people to start to think and value, oh my gosh, I have a story and I should have Michael tell it for me. Thanks for stopping by and sharing what you do. And it's nice to sit across from the head brain. So that's <laughs> awesome. We wish you a lot of luck and I wish you a lot of joy and happiness in, in telling those stories. Thanks, Liz. Same to you. Thank you. To find out more about Creative Family Memories, please visit their website. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome to Business Connection. I'm Liz Spencer. We're on location today for a sweet segment at Deanna's Bakery. So, Morgan, it's so great to be here. I wish everybody could smell the great smells. I think you could just like sell smells and you'd be great. So tell me a little bit about how this bakery came about. How the bakery came about was, fun fact, I used to be a pediatric dietitian. Okay. And my husband and I, we had kids and all that kind of good stuff. And I liked what I did, but I didn't love what I did. And I, 
I, we have been baking since we were, you know, we big, you know, about from five years on, five years old on. So from that, with that being said, I always knew that I wanted to bake. I've always loved baking. And not, now when the kids were getting a little bit older, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? That that type of a thing. I said, I don't want to be 80 kudoshtawuda. I want to be able to do what I love. What am I passionate about? So that's how baking came about. That's awesome. Tell me the story about the name. The name story is so warm. I love it. Thank you. So the name, Dieta, is named after my mother. My mother passed away when I was 18, um, but she's the one that instilled that love of baking in me. She would buy the sugar, the flour, the cookbooks, and say, here, go have fun, but now clean up. <laughs> but then, you know, she just instilled that creativity. What do you want a cake to look like? What kind of cookies do you want to make? She was the one that would encourage me. So when it was time to open the bakery, I definitely wanted to make sure that we did something in her memory. That's awesome. Glad she taught you to clean up because I feel like I know a lot of messy cooks. <laughs> well, I, I tend to be a little messy, but well, then I clean up. <laughs> got a lot of flour. Got a lot of flour. So why is this bakery so good for Naperville? And why is Naperville a great place for a bakery? Naperville is such an awesome community, honestly. We live here, our kids go to school here, we've raised our family here. We love Naperville. The community sense is just amazing. The community is so supportive of us and we like to be really supportive of the community and, and be involved with the community because that's it's it's something that we just we love to be involved with everyone. We love that people are coming in from the high school when they when they have a break or they're coming in because they want to pick up a cookie because they've had a bad day. We just love being involved in the community. Well, and that brings me to the location because your location is up here on Fifth Avenue. You're right by Naperville North, you're behind it. So I would imagine you get a pretty good foot traffic of high schoolers. We do, we do. After school is a big time. The lunch break, when they have open lunches, they'll definitely come over. And it's just fun to see the kids have a nice, fun, safe place that they could come, enjoy a treat, and they'll sit maybe outside on the curb or something like that. And they just enjoy each other. And I'm excited to be a part of those memories that they have. Because I think, I think food is a connector and I think sweets are a connector. Absolutely. So we can't necessarily talk in your kitchen, but you can go buy a scone and we can right. share a scone and then, right. so I think that's great. And, and Naperville has a lot of bakery history, you know, right. Tasty Bakery, you know, downtown. And you guys came in as, as we were, I think as a community kind of mourning that. And then you guys came in and here's Dietas and you kind of took over. Tell me a little bit about what kind of um, delights and treats are here at the bakery. Well, sure. The the bakery itself is modeled after the bakeries that Kevin, my husband, and I used to go to with our grandparents. We wanted to make sure that we had that old fashioned feel, scratch made. Um, so just, we do everything from cakes to breads, to coffee cakes, to wedding cakes, birthday cakes. Um, we have donuts on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays that has gathered a little bit of a following on, on those um, weekends. Um, so it's just, we wanted a place that was just, it felt homey, it felt good, you know, and I think that's part of my favorite part about being in the bakery is that, you know, when I'm standing behind the counter, you know, a, a, a child might be looking at the decorated cookies and their eyes, they, they just light up. And that to me is so exciting because I'm like, they're so excited. I was that child that was so excited about a bakery. So that's kind of what it's modeled after. That's awesome. And, and your, your coffee cakes are to die for. Just everything's to die for. But that's my latest thing that I've discovered oh. is, is the coffee cake. Because you have so much to choose from. I, you know, I take a little and I get a little obsessed and I move on to something else. That's my strategy. I would recommend that strategy to anybody for the bakery. So you also um, 
do wedding cakes. Yes. And, and so tell me a little bit um, how that works and how you got involved in doing wedding cakes. It seems like a natural extension. Sure, sure. Well, we do provide, we provide cakes. So okay. like I said, anything from anniversary, birthday, wedding cakes, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So it really just depends. It might be with a venue that we're connected with. It might be someone that knows somebody's sister that's getting married and said, hey, let's try together. I bet they make wedding cakes. So that's kind of how it all kind of forlaid into the whole um, wedding business. So, and so much so, and you guys do such great decorations of everything that you kind of expanded down a little bit. We did, we yeah, did. Tell me a little bit about that. We're just about three doors down is our decorating center. So that's where all the decorating magic happens. So that's where all of our decorators were housed. They work here in the um, actual baking facility, but then we just need a little bit more room. We needed to hire more um, cake decorators and just build that team up a little bit as well as have a bigger, cooler, cooler space. So we're not trying to like shimmy in, you know, too, too many things. So we just need a little bit more space. That's awesome. So that's where all the cookies are decorated, the cakes are decorated, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. You guys have been award-winning on your cake decoration. Yeah, we have. Our cake decorators just went to a international bake or decorating conference, I should say, in Las Vegas last September, and they were second place and they did amazing. So this is like asking you what's your favorite child but i'm going to ask currently what's your favorite treat going on i'm i'm more of a traditionalist i like a good chocolate chip cookie oh you guys I make the best i love a chocolate chip cookie your, yours are more like a chocolate chunk and yes. it has a little sea salt yes, on it yes i do. i recommend everybody 10 seconds in the microwave <laughs> and a little coffee good call good yeah, call i i'm telling you i i could be you know an expert for you on your food here <laughs> So when you think about it, what's the best part of the day for you? You know, I really love interacting with the customers, whether it's a couple that's getting married, whether it's the child picking out a decorated cookie. Um, I love just being a part of our clients' lives. You know, whether it's a happy celebration, a birthday, a wedding, you know, that, that type of thing, or unfortunately, things do happen in life. And if, you know, maybe someone has passed and if we can be a comfort to someone, we love that we can, you know, have that coffee cake available to them, have that treat that can offer that comfort. Or if they're just having a bad day and need a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. Absolutely, we love that, that we can be a part of our clients' lives. Well, and I, th I think it's so important because I do, I think food is such a connector. It is, it really is. And today, connections and, and that are so important and we need people like Dietas and like you and, and Kevin in our community helping that with a, a yummy treat. So thank you so much. Thanks for letting us stop by, have thank some you. smells and yeah, love it. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. If you're interested in a television appearance on Business Connection as a way to reach out to your community or to gain exposure for your company, find out more at nctv17.org. I'm Liz Spencer and thank you for watching Business Connection.